0: Welcome to Leaf and Barrel Podcast. My name is Scott. My name is Tim. my name is John. How's everyone doing today? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the weather's warmer.
1: (laughs) Snow is melting. Oh. Smoked a cigar. Oh. Had some whiskey. Oh. It was a horrible day. Yeah, it was it's fucking, fucking bad. The worst. God. I'm sick
2: of this high temp bullshit.
1: We, we need another polar vortex. Give me negative 20s. Let's, Let me go
2: to
0: work. That's all I'm
1: this asking is, for.
0: I know we're supposed to be going on vacation down to
2: Florida, but... Uh, no, let's cancel that let's shit. Let's go to Alaska instead. No, let's just cancel the vacation and add 40 more hours to work. Uh, North Dakota. Ooh, that'd be good too. Yeah,
0: I think Colorado is where they're really going to get it though. Yeah. yeah. So... uh There's things to do in Colorado. Uh, There's nothing to do in North Dakota. (laughs) There are things to do to keep warm in Colorado. I think we just lost our
1: one listener from North Dakota. (laughs) Yes, we
0: did. (laughs) Uh, So, John, what were we smoking tonight?
1: We were smoking a seasonal cigar. So, this was uh, Quesadilla's line of Oktoberfest cigars. They put these out every year. And this year we were uh, smoking. (laughs) What? What's. It's quesada. Quesada? I said quesadilla, didn't I? Yeah, you fucking did. Son of a
2: gun. My Spanish teacher is going to be so proud of me. I wanted to hold it back, but then Scott broke. <laughs> I,
1: I had to. <laughs> oh. So today we were smoking Quesada's uh, Oktoberfest cigar. This comes out once a year. And this, uh, tonight we were smoking their 2016 version of their cigar. Uh, it was about six inches long. Ring gauge was about 50. Uh, so it was a decent sized cigar. I think we were smoking it for about an hour and a half, maybe an hour and 45 minutes. So a decent decent sized cigar, decent smoke. Scott, what'd you
0: think? You know, I thought it was a pretty decent cigar. Uh, a lot of smoke output with it. Very good construction. Burned so good through the entire thing. I had absolutely no issues, not even minor issues that I normally have. It was, I, I smoked it till it was a lip burner. Um, it was good. Uh, it didn't have a whole lot of flavor. It was very mild. Uh, I went into it, you know, seeing that, that darker wrapper on it. And, uh, I thought it was going to be a lot more than what it was. It was very mild. It started out with a what I thought was a little bit of nut and some leather. And then uh, towards the end, it picked up just a little bit of pepper. I think that had to do with the heat, just a little bit. Not even a lot, just a little bit. And uh, and at the very, very end, I thought it became just a little earthy. That might have had something to do with the whiskey, though. Okay. Uh but yeah, I thought it was a, a really decent cigar. It smoked, like I said, very nicely. As far as my rating goes on it, I would uh, I'd probably give it about a six. I was expect it was I was expecting a lot more out of it. I thought it was gonna be a lot bolder of a cigar than what it ended up being. Okay. Uh so my expectations were high going in. Uh and then it was just it was nice and mild, which is nice to do once in a while because lately we've just been doing a little bit more medium. To uh, to yeah,
1: yeah. What was unique about this cigar is I think this was the first cigar that we've had with a darker wrapper. Uh, It technically isn't a Maduro wrapper, uh, but it it looks like it. It had the it had a smell of a nice full bodied cigar. Then you light it up and it was not full bodied. So it's a case where the looks can be deceiving and don't necessarily um, not try a
0: cigar just because of the wrapper. Yeah, yeah. That was definitely the case. It was just it was deceiving. Uh, so yeah, I'd give it about a six. Actually, I don't even know if I'd give it a six. Maybe, probably like closer to a six and a half, because it was a nice cigar. Uh, but the the flavors were very mild, very mild. So it it, it was it wasn't bad by any means. Uh, but it it just didn't. Even the flavors that were there weren't super powerful. Sure, Tim, what were your thoughts?
2: Roughly, I feel like I'd have to sit in about the same area as Scott did. It had a strong leather profile to it it had maybe like a hint of a coffee-ish kind of flavor and like that's that's really dragging i had a, a hint of even a, a pepper kind of in the middle-ish of the cigar but it mm-hmm. wasn't at the beginning and it wasn't at the end so maybe i i missed or i am mislabeling it I do know that there was a secondary flavor in there that I don't think I'm able quite to name. Uh, I did have a fairly strong, uh, this is going to be a really like, this is going to be a very rough word to use here, but it was kind of musty almost. Um, And I don't, I don't really know another word to use for it because it was earthy, but like a wet earthy kind of uh, taste to it uh, on top of the leather. Hmm. Okay. Uh, and I wasn't a huge fan, honestly. Uh, it was really well constructed. It burned well. I had a small issue with canoeing, but I would blame myself for not rotating the cigar. The bands peeled perfectly. The cut was great. It's got that double cap, nice thick walls on it. Uh, the ash was uh, consistent and it stuck together. It ashed well. It's just the flavor, it didn't have any journey and the leather's fine. But if that's your primary note the whole way through, I don't know that it's necessarily for me. Okay. Now, I am. I do know that typically our ratings kind of divorce our personal tastes from that. Realistically, for it being as mild of a cigar as it is, it produced a lot of smoke and I actually think it was a bit harsh. Uh, it wasn't as smooth as even some of our more full bodies have been. Mm-hmm. It had a bit more bite when you took a draw, yes. and that's that's not great. That's a, that's universally a bad thing. Like it it shouldn't do that. Ultimately, I think this falls pretty firmly in the five. Okay. Like it it is something that I don't. I would not knock out of somebody's hand, mm-hmm. uh, and I would even probably recommend it to somebody that really enjoys a good leather profile. Uh, it just. I don't think this is the best representative of uh, of those lighter profile cigars. It, it's still not bad, but I think it missed some notes. And again, that whole like mustiness, that wet earth kind of scent, and then as harsh as it was, I think really hurts it because construction can only take you so far. Sure, you know. So yeah, I'd, I'd have to pretty firmly set it in the in the five. I might even be so kind <laughs> as to give it a, a five five. Okay. Yep. But, well, if you still, but if you had a, your pick of cigars, this would not be your first pick. No, no, not okay. even in the mild range. Like, okay. I, I know that I haven't had a ton of mild cigars in general. Sure. Uh, but I feel like I would rather try a new experience than this a second time. That's fair enough. Yeah, so what do you think about the cigar, John? So I'm kind of torn with this cigar. Um, it had a great construction. Um,
1: I did read some reviews about this cigar online, and what surprised me is a lot of people said that they had a hard time with the draw with this particular cigar. Um, now, again, we used a, a guillotine cutter, so it was a, a flat cut. Um, none of us had issues with our cut or the construction or the cigar unwrapping at the cut line or anything like that. Um, and none of us stated that we had a hard time drawing the cigar. None of us had to pinch the cigar or anything like that. So that kind of shocked me that I was like, all right, I was expecting more of a tougher draw where I was going to have to work on the cigar and I didn't have to at all. So
2: Yeah, no, I didn't experience any of that much. Yeah, yeah, it was a
1: nice, easy draw. So I was really happy with that. Um, in terms of the flavor profile, I, I agree there was definitely a lot of leather, um, a little bit of coffee, cocoa in the beginning, um, and then that kind of died off after pretty much after the, the foot of the cigar, which I won't even say is the first third. Um, after that, I was getting a lot of woodsy notes. Um, I didn't get, I didn't really get any a whole lot of pepper. And this is going to kind of sound um, obvious, but I got a lot of smokiness out of the cigar. Um, and it reminded me of just sitting around a campfire. Um, and I think the, the smoky flavor and the wood profile um, that you're getting, especially towards the end of the cigar as the cigar started to heat up, um, I really enjoyed that flavor. Um, now, it wasn't very light. It wasn't a strong cigar, so I would definitely classify this as a Um, mild cigar. Um, Oh, definitely. I I wish it would have been a little bit heavier and a little bit more on that woodsy flavor because I think it could have, uh, they missed out on some opportunities um, from that. But overall, I would say it was an enjoyable cigar. Um, If I have to rate it on a scale of one to 10, um, anything less than a five means I'm not smoking it again and I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. Um, It's definitely not one that I would say is going to be one of my all-time favorites. Um, So I would say this is a comfortable um, six, six and a half cigar. So again, great construction. Um, I enjoyed the flavors. I just wish they would have been a little bit more pronounced and there would have been a little bit more of a journey because it was pretty much woodsy and smoky the entire time. It, it didn't change. And once you got that sucker lighted, um, which again, very easy to do, was a great construction. Yeah. You knew what you were getting into. So if you want to sit... Um, for an hour and a half smoking a mild cigar, you know, go for it. That might be right up your boat. Uh, I think Tim and I, we tend to hang out with the more heavier bodied cigars, So I think that could, you know, taint our ratings a little bit or taint our expectations, especially with the strong smell that that cigar gave off or the first pre-draw that you got before lighting the cigar. Yeah, It didn't really live up to that, which was a little sad, but, you know, it is what it is. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with a, a six and a half rating for a cigar. Yeah, so. no, it,
2: it's not like, like I said, it's not like it's a bad cigar. And even I think now that you kind of described the whole like campfirey thing, I mm-hmm. think that might make sense on that, that kind of mustiness that I yeah. got. Because like... Like, burning fresh green wood. Mm-hmm. Like, that might actually just be a better descriptor. I think this would be a perfect
1: um, cigar for the fall. Uh, yeah, sitting around a campfire. I oh, yeah, that.
2: that would go real well together. And
1: I would love pairing this with an Oktoberfest beer. Just to see how a Marzen beer would pair up with the cigar. Because, sadly, our beer drinker was not drinking beer. No,
0: he wasn't. I did not drink Scott, beer. Scott, what in the world <laughs> were you drinking today? I was actually drinking uh, two gingers whiskey tonight. and uh, And ginger ale also known as a uh, a big... A big ginger. A big ginger, yeah. <laughs> it was nice. You know, I'm not a big whiskey person, but I'm trying, guys. I'm trying to get in there. You know, baby steps, baby steps.
2: Honestly, like, if you have to start anywhere, a big ginger is such a... It, it is whiskey, and it is ginger ale, and you would think that'd be a weird thing, but the two gingers is so floral that it just, like... They mix together, and it is it is one of my personal favorite cocktails for a whiskey.
1: Yes, it makes me say that I no longer drink soda right now. Because
0: <laughs> boy, I, I had a sip of yours, and that was great. Yeah, it was it was pretty good. Yeah, uh, I can't complain. I I enjoyed it. Uh, you know, as far as a drink goes, I think it was up there. You know, if I had to give it a rating, you know, it'd, it'd probably be a solid you know eight. You know, it was a good cocktail, and you didn't taste the whiskey a ton. Like it was just enough that you get that flavor of the whiskey there's no burn to it especially made into a cocktail yep uh you still get that hint of ginger from the ginger ale it's just it's a good cocktail yeah anytime that you're giving a whiskey an eight is high praise even a whiskey cocktail (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) yeah that is true so uh so tim what what did you guys drink tonight uh, yes, this, please, Tim, tell me what I'm drinking.
1: Uh, fucking <laughs> <Please>.
2: turpentine. <laughs> oh, my uh, Lord. Yeah, this was uh, not one of my prouder purchases. So I went in and uh, looked for a new one, of course. We brought a, a new bottle in tonight, and uh, it was Wild Turkey's Russell's Reserve Six-Year Rye. Uh And typically when you start aging any kind of whiskey past the two or three year mark, they're supposed to be, or not even supposed to be, they typically just get significantly smoother. They've had the time to mellow out in the barrels and calm down and you get a nice velvety finish. This needs 15 more years. That might be low, uh,
1: but I'm yeah. Being a, I'm being an optimist. People tell me I'm too pessimistic.
2: <laughs> yeah. It, uh, so it, finding a mash bill online is a little tough because Wild Turkey is typically pretty uh, secretive about what their bill is. But the only review I found says that it's a 52% rye, which basically means it's barely, barely. A rye whiskey because uh, it has to be 50, 51 and higher. So they, the bare minimum for what is considered a rye whiskey. It it's so deceiving because it has a real initial floralness and the nose is great. There's a little bit of the caramel, a little bit of the vanilla, and the rye spice is there. Uh, And it's really good that way. And then you get into it. But yeah, it it is made by uh, Wild Turkey. It's uh, Russell's Reserve. It's named after the master distiller for Wild Turkey. It is bottled at uh, 45% or 40, 40%, 80 proof. Um, so it's not crazy strong, but it ends up being a little harsh. But uh, that is uh, that is what we had tonight with our uh, cigar. Uh, John, what did you think of it? I like whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason we do this, folks.
1: <laughs> I like drinking
2: alcohol. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, one of the things that I've said multiple times on this podcast is I think a whiskey should have that nice astringic burn at yeah. the end. Um, and you can still have a smooth whiskey and still get that, burn aftertaste. Like, yep, I'm drinking a whiskey. That little whiskey shiver at the end. So I, I was really excited. We uh, uncorked the bottle and uh, it had, I, I agree, great smell. Uh, floral, a little sweet, but not too sweet. I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. I'm going to really enjoy this. And then I sipped it and I felt like I was catfished. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. It, it didn't taste anything like it smelled. I mean, it tasted like a cheap whiskey and i I hate to say that because i know you you spent a a decent amount of money on this um it has the burn of a whiskey it's got a little bit of oaky flavors but it loses the floral It, it lost the sweetness it was just there was nothing there i mean i could maybe see mixing this with a coke and maybe getting something out of it finishing off the bottle (laughs)
0: that way um i don't
1: know if there's enough coke to do that um but (laughs) they make more coke every (sighs) day i hope so um but yeah i I really did not enjoy this whiskey at all and it it pains me to say that um there's only been there's been a few whiskeys that i was like nope i really don't want to have this one again and i think this one falls on that line um if i have to give it a rating i'd give it a three. And honestly, it gets a three because of the smell that it puts out. Um, I think you are better off just putting putting this in a huge, wide open glass and just letting it evaporate so you get the smell of the whiskey because the smell is fantastic. The taste, uh, if you want to get someone to stop drinking or give it to a high schooler so they never drink again, I think this is the perfect whiskey for that <laughs> and to turn someone off. this That's, is... that's not going to stop high schoolers from <laughs> drinking. Personal experience. You've well, you've you had one sip of this, but Cash yeah, I would exist. That, that's <laughs> true. That's true. Um, this is by far not my favorite. Um, but again. Uh, a great smell, great aroma. I just wish it would have translated to the flavor. What would you think, Tim?
2: What would you give it for a rating? Yeah, if I I have to agree with John, it's one of those. It' so deceptive. Catfish is the right term for this. Oh, These, should I got more of this? I got to drink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it catfish is the right term. We we came into this, we uncork it, and we take that that initial whiff of uh, the cork itself, and it is a delightful nose. It like he said, a little sweet. You could get hints of the rye spice. It, it smelled like a promising candidate, and we've had a decent amount of luck with our rise in these last couple of episodes, like fairly happy with the purchases. And I figure, you know, six-year, like I said, you, you start to age a whiskey past that two, three-year mark, and it mellows out and everything is fine. And unfortunately, with this particular whiskey, what ended up occurring, it seems like, is that the flavor mellowed out, almost like it, it seeped into the barrel versus from the barrel into the whiskey, So it it had that little bit of whiskey burn at the end. The nose is great. The flavor just, it isn't there. There's maybe a hint of the rye kind of earthy, spicy at the very front of it. And then it fades away into nothingness except for the burn. And with John, I'm like, give me a whiskey burn. Let me know that I'm drinking what I'm drinking. I'm all about that. Because it's typically accompanied by a deep intense and complicated profile and let me pull that apart and this didn't have any of that going for it and it was really disappointing Um, you know and John mentioned the price it's about $40 Wisconsin you know prices, so like that's not a crazy expensive bottle, and you know we've said it before, we'll say it again. We do this for you, the listeners. <laughs> we yeah. are we are allowed. We are proud to give these noble sacrifices. This one hurt a little bit. I'm not gonna lie on the whiskey. <laughs> I, it's it was a little rough, but but yeah, if I if I had to actually give it a number rating I, i'm with on. this isn't something i would recommend to anybody this is this is a 225 it's not good and it's it's really sad it had such promise initially and once it's poured uh, it's a letdown and i just i don't think i could recommend this to anybody right, no not right. at all so uh does anybody have any tips
0: this week for anything i have a tip i yeah. always have a tip Oh, all right. John, John what's the like, tip?
1: Like I used to tell my girlfriends, it's, it's just a tip. Oh, just, yes, a just tip. for a second. Just a right. So um, today I want to talk about how to properly ash a cigar. Um, so as you're smoking a cigar once you have it lit and you're enjoying your cigar, um, eventually, sadly, the cigar is going to burn away. It's just. No. Yeah, it's what tobacco does. Um, So typically what you will notice is it is completely different than a cigarette. Um, A cigarette you can just basically flick, and even if you have just a little bit of ash, you're going to get something that falls off of your um, cigarette stick. Uh, With a cigar, it's a little bit different. Typically, uh, you're going to want to ash it once it hits about an inch, inch and a half once it passed the burn line. So you get a little bit of that white ash sticking out on your cigar. Now, there's a couple of different ways that you can ash your cigar. Um, The most common way that I've seen people ash their cigar is actually uh, just... Treat it like a cigarette stick and just give it a gentle tap with one of your fingers uh, over the ashtray,
2: preferably not over someone's drink, Tim. You make one mistake one fucking time. <laughs> uh, don't don't make the mistake then.
0: That,
2: that's fair. Get I should, better. I should have got good.
1: And you will see the ash should fall off into a nice clean uh, straight line into the ashtray and you can continue to smoke. Um, So you would say, okay, not too bad, but there are some indications of what's going on with your your cigar as you're ashing. Um, The other ways that I've seen people ash their cigar is some will actually take it and gently roll it along the edge of the ashtray to knock off the ash. Um, Both work Find which way works best for you. Um, Some things that you want to avoid, however, is first of all, Don't wait to the last minute to ash your cigar. Um, You can go longer if you want to, but you might just have your ash fall apart on you and fall on your lap or your shirt or over your drink. Uh, And it just tends to make a mess. It just tends to make a mess. It's one of those things that everyone's going to, if you smoke enough cigars, you're going to ash on yourself. It's just going to fall apart. So be careful with that. the other thing is how you are ashing your cigar or what your cigar looks like after you ash. Um, if you are smoking your cigar too fast, what tends to happen is your wrapper and your outside of your cigar is actually going to burn faster than the core part of your cigar, which is it, it, it makes sense once you realize how you light your cigar, but the middle of the cigar isn't always the hottest part. it's actually the edges of the cigar. So if you ash your cigar and all of a sudden you have a cone-shaped cigar, or you have a, your cigar now is no longer flat but pointed, that means you're smoking your cigar too fast, and you're actually losing a lot of your flavor profiling within the middle of the cigar. The other thing that can happen is if you ash too much, you can actually put your cigar out. Uh, So you'll you'll be ashing it and everything was going fine. You go back to draw it out and all of a sudden there's nothing there. That means you're ashing too much. So it's going to be a nice healthy balance and it's just going to be one of those things try it out see what works best for you but as you're ashing either way if you want to roll it or if you want to tap it you should still get a nice flat straight ash by the time that you're done with it if you're not slow down enjoy your cigar don't worry it's a cigar
0: you got nowhere else to be That's this is that was this week's cigar tip of the week well thank you so now we're going to talk about the pairings a little bit here uh so Tim what did you think about your pairing? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
2: uh It's it's real tough cuz I wasn't a huge fan of the cigar and the whiskey was uh, um not great. So realistically, the pairing like <sighs> It's tough to tell if the pairing was bad because mixing them was bad, or if it's because I didn't like the whiskey and the cigar didn't fit what I typically enjoy, right? So I did notice a few things when I'd switch between the two, uh, that when... I took the sip of the whiskey and went back to the cigar. The The pepper stood out a little bit, right? What little pepper was there, I think, was attributed directly to the spiciness of the rye. Uh, what little was there. And it probably just was picked up by the heat of the cigar and amplified. So I don't even know if it's necessarily pepper from the cigar, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it And that's okay. It didn't really fit the profile of the cigar, though. And going back the other way, taking a drag and then taking a sip, what little flavor did exist in the whiskey disappeared? And now it was drinking paint thinner. All it did was burn with no benefit. <laughs> like, awesome. Uh, so, I, honestly, I think if I had to give the pairing a rating, a hard number, it's a one. Like wow. I don't do these together. I mean, half of it I wouldn't recommend doing at all, uh, but putting them together, this, this was not a great experience for the two of them. All right. Fair enough. What about you, John? Yeah. So
1: when we talked about our numbers and our rating system, and Tim, I agree with everything that you said about taking the, with the cigar, with the whiskey. Yeah. Um, you know, often we ask, us, ask ourselves, does one make the other better? Or, you know, does the whiskey make the cigar better? Does the cigar make the whiskey better? Or do they, is it just a perfect blend of the two? Yep. This is tough. Um, I don't think the whiskey added anything to the cigar, but I think the cigar added something to the whiskey. Okay. It got rid of the god-awful taste.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh.
2: I uh wasn't ready for that. <laughs> and for that reason alone...
1: Ready. The pairing gets a two. It improved. <laughs> it improved something, but I would not recommend it. All right, but there funny. was an improvement. Um, I'm drinking my leftover whiskey now from the cigar, <laughs> and I want to light up another stick. So if I mean, nothing we have else, five. we could still do that. If nothing else, you know, it, it makes me want to smoke the cigar some more. So, and as a cigar lover, you know that that's great. But no, I, I can't recommend this pairing at all. Um, and, it, and it makes me sad. But at the same time. You know, it, it is what it is. You live and
2: you learn. You'll have these. Again, we make these noble sacrifices for you, our loyal listeners. Like, this is, that's the whole point. We're so, going to find bad pairings.
1: So, Scott, how was your big ginger and the Oktoberfest?
0: It
2: was kind of interesting, honestly.
0: At first, it didn't really play a whole lot. The cigar didn't do anything for oh the... Oh, God, the that vi- whiskey is so bad. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. <laughs> the cigar didn't do anything for the drink, and the drink didn't do anything for the cigar. But about halfway through, it kind of started a little bit of a journey, and uh, it completely took away the taste of the whiskey, Uh, and all I tasted was the ginger ale, which I thought was kind of interesting. And then towards the end of the cigar, where the pepper kind of kicked in a little bit, it actually flip-flopped, and the ginger ale went away, and that's... Then I just tasted whiskey. And it wasn't bad because okay. this isn't a strong whiskey to begin with. Yeah. Uh so it was it was still pretty mild and there was no burn because of course it's it is mixed, so you're not gonna have that burn. Yeah. But uh, there was a little bit of a journey there with the, the combination, the pairing. All right. So if I had to give it a rating, I think I'd honestly give give it a seven because it was there was a journey there. You lucky bastard. I, <laughs> I'm a little jealous of a lot. Yeah, there was just there was a little bit of a journey there and I it was kind of fun. Like neither one was, you know, a whole lot well, I mean the big ginger is pretty damn good.
1: How is it that the non whiskey drinker
2: gets the better whiskey? Right, right? What I the mean how he fucking cheated the system. Guys, Man. <laughs> you you just don't trust me. I,
0: <laughs> I haven't done bad things yet for you guys. I I hate that he's right. <laughs> I said yet. I said yet.
2: Yeah <laughs> no he's not wrong.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah I I'd give it a seven because it was it, it had a journey. Otherwise besides that
2: it didn't do a whole lot like there was just that little bit of a journey there hey i mean sometimes that's all it takes you get a little bit of a refresher almost halfway through or two two thirds of the way through a cigar it it changes a little bit and a lot of times that can be just enough to really like push a cigar up over a new number you know yeah Yeah, that totally makes sense
0: so do any of you
2: guys know where people can get a hold of us if they need to as a matter of fact i do So yeah, if you want to get a hold of us uh, anywhere, questions, comments, concerns, suggestions, recommendations, requests, uh, whatever you want to do, you can always get a hold of us uh, at leafandbarrelpodcast at gmail.com. You can reach us on Twitter at Leaf Barrel Pod. And then you can always reach us at any social media Instagram, Facebook, uh, Patreon at Leaf and Barrel Podcast. I can promise that we will always read anything you put up. I can't promise that we'll respond to it, but we are always looking for things to make the podcast better. You know, please give us a rate, a review on your local, uh, on whichever podcast uh, program you use, whether it's iTunes or whatever. You know, give us a like. Uh, it always helps the podcast grow and uh, we look forward to hearing from you. I do also want to give a shout out to our man Arn Hughesby for the warm Duck Shuffle that has our intro and outro music. Go look that man up. He has earned your money, I promise. Do we have a uh, a final question for this week?
1: Absolutely. Between you and your friends, Who pees in the pool every single time?
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's fucking great. All right. This has been Leaf and Barrel Podcast. My name is Scott. My name is Tim. And my name is John. Have a good night.